What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. Today, we are talking about Assassin's Creed Unity and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, developed by Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Quebec, respectively, and published by Ubisoft. And the reason we're doing this is because Unity, Caleb and I both had some issues with, and we didn't get a whole lot of viable gameplay out to have a full podcast worth of discussions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to combine these two. So thanks for bearing with us on the first time we've ever talked about two games in one podcast. So Unity, I am not a huge, I was not a huge fan history buff of the French Revolution. So this one kind of... we. Oui? Okay, we. Oui. <laughs> yeah, so this one kind of I was ready to let it fly over my head. I wasn't super into it. I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, you could like bring in your friends and do stuff together, but See, eh. so I think like my initial response to this was it was what brotherhood was supposed to be. Okay. I can get right? that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because and I vaguely remember this, correct me if I'm wrong. When Brotherhood was coming out, it was basically this, hey, we're we're going to introduce this this multiplayer, which they did, just not in the sense in which they kind of, like, sold it, <laughs> you know? And, and it, this isn't an uncommon thing. Mm -hmm. um, like, to me, I, I see it all the time. And, of course, it, the first big one for me that did this was a game that we haven't even talked about that I don't think anybody's talked about in a really long time, and that's Fable, mm -hmm. where we got promises out the ass mm -hmm. of what this game was going to be and then upon delivery we're like wow you just raped us <laughs> yeah. um i won't go as far as to say unity was that but i will say that when i initially heard about it it was what i thought brotherhood was supposed to be where i'm playing a character you're playing a character we go on a mission and we can go on that mission together and help synchronize and, and, and everything to get through them my fear with it was, do I have to? Because there's a lot of these games that the way they develop, you have to. You have to sync up. Anthem, Destiny. There's a lot of those type of game where if you're playing on the more difficult settings, it's not quite impossible yeah. to do it by yourself. But man, man, is it much easier if you do it with. The, even a pickup group. Well, and even in those games, they have the raids, like typical MMOs, where yeah. yeah, you need a full party of X amount of people. Yeah, until it gets into like the this is the first raid we ever did. We're on like expansion twenty three, and <laughs> you can run through this raid with basic equipment <laughs> by yourself at level three. <laughs> but no, and so I was afraid of that. I was mm. afraid like, am I going to have to group with a bunch of fucking randos? Yeah, which don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with if the rando knows what the fuck they're doing. 90% of the time, though, I feel like the rando's a fucking moron and doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, hey, we're this is a stealth game, but you jumped into the middle of the fucking room. <laughs> and I'm legit talking of personal experience because you could. You could pick up rando groups. Mm -hmm. We're in a cathedral. You drop from the ceiling. All the guards go, who's he? <laughs> and then he dies. And then I get a message of, where the fuck were you, bro? Are you serious right now? You're like, I'm hiding in the rafters where I'm supposed to be. I I was strategically taking out guys one by one mm -hmm. with no warning of the others. Like a fucking, I, I don't know, assassin? <laughs> so I, I was worried about that. 
I like the French Revolution. There's a lot of things done on the French Revolution. I don't know about Chris. I, I like musicals. Les Miserables, fucking amazing musical that takes place during the French Revolution. Moulin Rouge takes place, you know, shortly after the French Revolution. Like, there's a lot that happens. I thought it was a cool time period. I thought it would be a very interesting game. Not necessarily unique. Yeah. We've we've been to Paris before. We've 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 visited most of Europe before. So I was kind of like, okay, it's a different time period. They're trying something new. They're doing this whole brotherhood unity thing. And then I played the game. And <laughs> as he said, there's a reason why we're joining these two. So in this, I was more successful at getting through most of the gameplay of unity while Chris was more successful at getting through most of the gameplay on syndicate. So in either discussion, we will add the little bit that we can to the gameplay that we were able to accomplish. But I will tell you right off the bat, this is the Assassin's Creed game that gave me nightmares. Yeah, I can see why. Oh, dude. So, Mm. like, before we even jump into anything concerning it, there was issues from what it felt like from basically day one Mm -hmm. with this game. Not a whole lot of people stood behind it. Yeah. Fans were a little bit hesitant. We were we were kind of like, well, up until this point, Assassin's Creed's been a kind of a loner game. Like, how are you going to incorporate this? Or are you just going to give us another shitty multiplayer like you have in the last couple? Then on top of that, as the game developed, we had issue number one pop up. You couldn't play a female. You join these Unity missions in which you create your character... Whether you're going to be finesse, range, brute, or assassin. And you couldn't be a female. And that, like, it really didn't help that the president came out and was basically like, hey, it's super hard for us to do that. The and president of the company? Yeah. Not the president of the United States. No, no. The Just president to clarify. Of, president of the company. The president of the United States stood in front of everybody <laughs> and said, you know this game, Assassin's Creed? Come on, man. The president of the company stood up and was like, this is really hard to do. It's it's super difficult. It's very time consuming. And in all honesty, I, I would have actually been a little upset about this. I would have put that out. And then the game developers basically came out and went, <laughs> no, this isn't hard to do at all. This is super easy. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of the reason why they came out is because they felt like they were directly attacked on their abilities yeah. and everything like that. So, like, a lot of fans had problems with that. And from that, it just kind of kept going. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember the lead up to this game. They were they were promoting the shit out of this game. And then it gets close to release. It was supposed to release in October of 2014. So a year after Black Flag, which near and dear to my heart. Well, as we get into August of 2014, they go, (laughs) yeah, we're going to delay this. And even that was weird in and of itself, right? Because they first delayed it for North America to November 11th. Then for Europe and Australia... November 13th and November 14th for the United Kingdom. Why we had to have three different release dates for a delay really kind of baffled everybody. Because, like, that doesn't make sense. And all the senior producer could do 
was basically come out and say like, Hey, as we got close, we realized we were near the, you know, the target, but still needed a bit more time to hone some of the details to make sure Assassin's Creed unity is exceptional. Mm. The reason why I say this is because from day one, this game had probably the most bugs and game breaking glitches and terribleness involved in in just the launch of it that I have ever experienced in a game. And and by this point, I had become a diehard Assassin's Creed fan. Like, just because it had the Assassin's Creed title, I pre-ordered the game with the season pass. Because I was that much of a fan. And on top of that, during during the um build up to the release of this one of the big things that I have always, always been a huge fan of with the Assassin's Creed series is the historical significance that it brings. The historical facts that it brings. And it brought in some of like the biggest fucking historians of this time period to refine the script, to refine the environment, to make sure the structures were, were right. Literally, and I didn't know this, in research for this, I found out that um, the Ubisoft artist that worked on Notre Dame Cathedral, it took two years for her to complete it because she reconstructed it brick by fucking brick. Like That's amazing. It is, yeah, it is so detailed mm-hmm. that they're looking at using it as a recreation to, to help recreate and rebuild the cathedral after the fire in April 2019, which I'm like... Holy shit. <laughs> like, that's incredible for a game. Yeah. Now, and this does bring to mind, like, I remember advertisements for Microsoft Surface, the mm-hmm. tablet, in which they're talking about how they're using the Surface to help them reconstruct and, and digitally map out these yeah. ancient um, architectural structures. And with that, like, that's kind of what I thought of with this. But two years, brick by brick, perfect reconstruction. That's amazing. And I was super intrigued by that. Because again, as much as I would love to, and I, I still hope to, I have yet to visit these structures. I haven't traveled to Paris. <laughs> you know, I would love to, but I haven't. I haven't traveled to Italy. I haven't traveled to all these spots across the globe that I've gotten to experience through these games. So to be able to experience them in such detail was was something huge to me. Oh my God, <laughs> like <laughs> the game, it just, it hurt to play. So the game came out and surprisingly across the board was above average on all of the critics. And I don't know how mm-hmm. I really don't. I like, did they only play a half an hour of this game? <laughs> because uh, if you played the right half an hour of the game, you're good to go. <laughs> You're good to go. But beyond that, I don't, I don't know. Literally, to the launch of the game, Ubisoft Montreal CEO Yanis Malas apologized on behalf of the studio with regards to the poor launch of Unity, literally stating that overall quality of the game was diminished by bugs and unexpected technical issues. A game that they had already delayed yeah. by two months to fix said issues. Still was just overrun by them and still is to this day. Literally, Chris, you just tried to play this game 
couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like a month ago. I, maybe somewhere in between there. I don't know. But recently. Mm-hmm. And you still couldn't play it because they still hadn't fixed these things. Yeah. No. 100% true. It prevented users from experiencing the game as it at its fullest potential. In response to this issue, Ubisoft then basically canceled sales of their Season Pass and Gold Edition and, uh, and offered the game's first DLC, which is the Dead Kings, which I never even got to, yeah. for free. And as compensation for those who bought the Season Pass, basically offered a free download of one of the six Ubisoft games, which was Black Flag, The Crew, Far Cry 4, Just Dance 2015, Raymond Legends, or Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. So, decent games. Yeah. And, and kind of a wide spectrum of those. but. Yeah. I kind of felt like, well, one, if you're playing Unity, you probably played F- Black Flag. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. It's nothing like The Crew, which is a driving game. Yeah. Far Cry 4 is a first-person shooter. Yeah. Uh, Just Dance is exactly that. <laughs> Raymond Legends kind of a... It's a cartoony platformer. Cartoony platformer. And then The Watch Dogs, which would probably be the closest to this. Mm-hmm. But again... Gives you a wide range. Here you go. And for the most part, about any one of those games, I'd recommend, way recommend over this one. Yeah. And then they would also um, continue to have access to a variety of additional content for Unity, including Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, which is a later game that they came out with. It's a little platformer. Um, Side scroller, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, it was all right. But to claim the game, you had to agree to not sue Ubisoft. <laughs> that alone right there tells me everything you need to know about this game. Like, yeah. if a developer is literally going, please, please, mm-hmm. don't sue us. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> and, and the grounds in which was basically in regards to the game and the de- devaluation of the season pass. So, like, it, it was hard. And then on top of it, it got attacked by France's left party. <laughs> like, this game, it just took hit after hit. And what made it worse is it came off of the back of Black Flag, which... Ugh. Diametrically opposed games. Oh, yeah. Um, like Black it, Flag was damn near perfect. This was borderline unplayable. How how close to that borderline are we talking, man? Because I'm pretty sure it crossed over that fence when you can't complete the game because of game-breaking glitches. You literally told me. You played up to a point, got to a point where you couldn't complete it, deleted the file, restarted the game, played to the exact same point, and stopped. No, it wasn't that bad. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I misunderstood that. Because I'm like... What the fuck? No, 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 no. It's similar. Similar. So, yeah, I got to a point. So, here's the thing, right? When I say borderline is because I know that I have to, every right, everybody's mileage may vary. My Correct. My experience with the game is obviously different than yours. I'm sure. I, I did get much further. I am sure that there are people out there who probably played through this, no problems, loved it, thought it was great. And good, I'm happy for you. But my personal rule is if I find if if I encounter a game breaking bug, I won't play the game again until I know that bug has been resolved. And I got to a scenario where I had to explore 
four different areas during a murder investigation and only two triggered. And I went to, I looked up where all four locations were. I went to the other two locations that were not highlighted on my map. Yeah. And I could not interact with anything there. So I quit the game, reloaded, hoping that that would solve the problem. So I didn't delete my game and start all over again, but I reloaded a save file and, th- and I, tr- and I triggered it again and it's the same Which thing happened. Sometimes, and actually in my experience, most of the time that will help. Mm-hmm. If I, if I cause the system to reboot the scenario, yeah. it will fix a lot of the times the glitches, that but that mission. was a constant yeah. in this game and not just for you, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And so I, I mentioned this game gave me nightmares. Yeah. And I don't mean in the in the the plethora of problems that it had or the storyline or the gameplay. I mean literally. There is a scene where the main character is kissing his girlfriend, fiance, I can't remember what the fuck she is, and it glitches mm-hmm. to where all you see is their skulls ah! and protruding eyeballs <laughs> smashing against each other. Oh, that's fun. And literally, like, it popped up in my nightmares <laughs> because I was like, oh, my God, this is so, this is so scary. No, no, like, no, fix that. <laughs> Dear God, fix it. And then I remember looking online and finding out I'm not the only one. This was a common glitch see, across the whole game, and I would see. I would I would take that over game breaking because yeah, I, I oh that I, was just one, that was just one of the minor yeah, ones. There no. were other major game breaking glitches that constant updates. Like I don't think there was a day that went by in that first month time period where I was trying to play this game where I would basically load up my PS4 and it basically say installed update for <laughs> Assassin's Creed Unity, like. There were constant updates for this. And mm. that's where I kind of had the problem was the n- sheer number of updates for this game. And they still had so many problems. And like you're talking about, you don't normally replay a game until they fix the glitch. You know, at this yeah. point, they're not re- they're not no. fixing that glitch. Which is which is why I've ne- there, I'm not going to finish it. There is no more updates for this game. Mm-hmm. I literally feel like Ubisoft basically goes, this is our redheaded stepchild. We're just going to stick it in the fucking closet. Yeah, we're going to never... Gonna... Talk about it again. Yeah, we're ignoring this one. It doesn't really exist. Well, and one of the main reasons why we are talking about it, it doesn't really add anything outside of the animus. There is no meta world in which it's adding more storyline to, actually. Like, this is this is where it, it kind of goes away from that platform for a little bit. Hey guys, just want to give you a heads up. From here on out, there's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. Because basically all you get, you start the game as the initiate. Mm-hmm. And you are a player of the Helix system, which is a game device developed by Abstergo. Which I realized mm-hmm. you, uh, in our last podcast, you referred to what the guy was doing was in reference to this game system. It's not. He's actually filming. It's for their movie films. The, they're they're showing these lives as films in that one. This one is for a game. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, see, that's I... the difference. The Helix system hasn't been created in Black Flag. Black Flag. It's supposed to be Edward Kenway's movie. Oh, and yeah. I, see, because yeah. I interpreted it as what you were doing as the 
unnamed player in four was the precursor to this. No, it was let's get little vignettes that people will want to play. No, they were they were supposed to be hmm. not necessarily plays, mm-hmm. right? Like a video game, like like we're actually doing, right? It was supposed to be like a VR movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I looked it up afterwards because I was like, I thought it was a movie. Yeah, and yeah. It's 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 their filming industry. Now they're branching off into the helix, mm, okay. which so, you know is a play off of the double helix, yeah. <laughs> which is how they get this. Which allows people to play these games of many different genetic memories. And that's what you are. So in the beginning of the story, right, it it takes place in Paris. And you're basically playing through a memory of sacking the Paris temple. And capturing the Templar's Grandmaster, which is Mole. And during that, you're basically entrusting, you entrust another Templar with a magical sword called the Sword of Eden, which is this game's artifact. Yeah, this has become the MacGuffin. Yep. And a book, both of which the Templars fucking, like, hide somewhere in France. And basically, um, then the Templar is killed by an assassin. The memory basically fast forwards to Mole's de- death at the stake and his curse towards King Philip the Fourth and po- Pope Clement the Fifth. And then it basically goes to a member of the modern day Assassin Brotherhood, co-named Bishop, who hijacks the memory. So this is this is the little bit of like meta real world today stuff. They hijack the memory sequence and implores the player to join them as an initiate. So basically again, it's kind of like the assassins are grooming this player mm. initiate to be a part of the assassin order, which you then uh, like bishop provides the internal Abstergo video memo in which Abstergo describes the capture of the sage. We learn of the sage in the last game, which kind of just seems to be this guy who gets continuously reincarnated. (laughs) It's really weird. Like it's super confusing because again, you don't know when this game takes place in the real world. You can only assume that it takes place now. Yeah. But he can pray, contains precursor DNA, which, you know, is triple rather than double helix. And it's getting into this first civilization bullshit. Mm. And you learn about, like, the Phoenix Project and Abstergo's hopes to, like, trick the sage into um, compiling his whole precursor genome. Well, but, well not trick him because he's dead. Oh the, yeah, that's right. You kill yeah, you kill the sage in the first. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like they're they're the hopes to use it, I yeah. guess, <laughs> um, to compel the whole precursor genome for whatever. Well, you know what? This game is so buggy. For all I know, your sage was alive in your game file. <laughs> he could have been. He could have been. John came back. People, <laughs> I'll be back. But then Bishop provides access to basically other memory files and basically directs the initiate to locate another sage because by this point in time and that's what it is that's that's where i'm getting all confused by this point in time 
you had the initial sage during Black Flag, who they quote unquote and don't don't really say or not say. Well, right, has he, kids. Well, it was, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he ends up dying, but then he becomes he's the reanimated person of John, who's the security technician in four, but he still dies. Yeah, so but the, they found another one. Th- there's kids. Yeah. and all, all this other shit because it's all about genetics in these games. But they also hope to recover the body of John, mm-hmm. from my understanding. And I could be fucking wrong. This game was just awful. <laughs> but I know that, like, basically, it then goes to Versailles. I might be saying that wrong. Versailles. Is it Versailles? Versailles. Sorry. In 1776, and you play Arno Duran. Duran? I don't know. You play Arno. Dorian. Fuck his name. <laughs> Who, of course, because like this is becoming another staple of the game. You're a French nobleman's son. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And you meet Ellis de la Sierre. Sierre, whatever. Ellis. Some chick who you fuck. Elise. Dude, I can't even. I can't even right now. <laughs> Elise. De La Sierre, um, who turns out to be the t- daughter of the Templar Grand Master, which you find out, like, through a series of events, you end up mm-hmm. finding this out, which, like, becomes a big thing because he dies. And, like, it's kind of your fault. <laughs> well, you know what I like? Like, I like how they started this. <clears throat> I like how they started this one off with. Basically, it's Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are Assassin's son. She is Templar daughter. You two are forbidden love. <laughs> forbidden love. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's that's it. So, like, even though De, Master de la Sierre mm-hmm. knows Arno's dad is an assassin, Arno has no idea. Yeah. No fucking clue. So wow. in in keeping with themes, it, sons of fathers and assassins who don't know until something bad happens, and then they have to now become an assassin. Correct. Now, it then, like, fast forwards, and Elise? Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Elise is initiated into the Templar Order in 1789. Arno is also then given a message to deliver to De La Serre, but like he puts it in uh, his office in order to sneak into the party to meet Elise because mm-hmm. you know forbidden love. Yeah, and then after meeting her, which is where you have like the fucking skull mash kiss. <laughs> oh my god! Dude. So the, okay. and every time, every time I played it, yeah. That was that, that was, was just that was there. That was it just was, written there. That's like, fun. After updates, whole nine yards. Yeah. Boom. Skull mash kiss. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what the programming said. Um but after that he sneaks out and then Master de la Sierra is murdered in the courtyard, mm. which Arno is mistaken as the killer and is captured and imprisoned in um Bastille. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty cool. Like again, yeah, major landmarks. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, uh, that's when, like, that's when they bring back something that you haven't seen in other games. Most recently, right? I don't remember it a whole lot. The right, the invisible writing on the wall that you can oh, only see. I was gonna say, I was like, no, because I was like, 
I was like, Eagle Vision is in all the games, but the hidden writing stuff. The hidden yes. writing stuff you haven't seen in yeah. a couple of games, yeah. right? But it was basically uh, impresses a fellow prisoner, which happens to be an assassin, Perry Bellick. Bellick. I like these names, man. Like, why can't we just have Steve? <laughs> because Steve isn't French. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he, he also impresses him with his fighting skills. Like, I remember like this whole little fighting sequence. It kind of reminded me of, um, the Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Like, full fledged. Yeah. But so like Bellic invites Arno into the brotherhood when they escape during the storming of Bastille, which is an actual thing. Again, mm-hmm. super fucking cool. So just an aside, Steve actually derives from Latin for the crown. Fuck you. <laughs> but first things first, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to get his dicky sticky. Oh, my God. Really? No. First things <laughs> first, he returns home. He's got to meet with Elise, and he actually gets, like, really upset because she's like, fuck no, you're the reason my father's dead. Yeah. Which, kind of understandable because he kind of is. Like, mm. he wanted to, you know, hook up. And so he ignored his responsibilities, which could have potentially saved and absolutely would have saved her father's life. life. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of you're like I remember being in this conflict at this point in the game, being like, I don't really care. <laughs> he was a Templar. Fuck him. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but he did take you in after your father died. He showed respect to his enemy. You know, I think an argument could be made that. Well, and on top of that, he could have been grooming you potentially to be a Templar instead of an assassin. Well, there's always the hidden motive, yes. Right. Um, But, you know, I wonder now, because think about it. If that was part of what he wanted, part of grooming is all about letting you have things that you want. So why would he dissuade this relationship with his daughter that would be an easy in yeah you can you can i will promise my daughter to you but you have to join our special little club here that that you that you know nothing about yeah you know i mean but anyway she's already a part of she knows and is a part of it granted again so many problems with this game including the story right (laughs) because of course after this she basically is like and by the way i'm a fucking templar (laughs) like why? There's no point in her revealing this. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense to me at all. But he basically, because I don't, I don't remember him going. Well, I'm an assassin. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my mom mm-hmm. and like running away. No, he just he goes to the Brotherhood and basically begs for an opportunity to join them and begs to find basically the Templars involved in Master De La Serre's killing. And um, so, so once again, our old friend revenge. revenge plot, and in that he ends up being introduced to the King of Beggars, um, which Le Rio de Thunes, Thunes, Threns, Leroy de Thunes, whatever his fucking he's Steve, <laughs> Steve. Um, no, <laughs> but it. <laughs> I just now just want to call the guy Steve. <laughs> Um, but then he's also granted his request by the assassin mentor Maribé. Mirabeau. Mirabeau. Whatever. And he was ba- who was basically attempting to like broker peace, like negotiate a, a truce between mm-hmm. the order 
and the Templars with De La Cia. Yeah. Which you basically find out is probably the reason he got fucking murdered. But during this course of his investigation and finding out who did what and who killed who and, you know, was it the butler in the library with the candlestick? Arno rescues Germain, which is a silversmith being held hostage by the acting Templar Grandmaster. I can't even fucking pronounce that name. Lafreniere? Lafreniere. But Germain, who's super fucking smart, secretly this really good mastermind, basically convinces Arno to kill him. Not Germain, Lafreniere. And um, who was actually the one who was trying to warn De La Sierre that he was about to be assassinated. So Arno is like, literally, in this entire game, somebody's bitch the entire time. He just constantly gets twisted and manipulated. And then, um, basically, he realizes that Germain was the one who organized De La Sierre's murder. So... He then races against time to save Elise from an ambush, which, okay, he's still in love with her, so on and so forth. Right. Gotta do the right thing. But because he killed Lafayette, dude, help. Lafreniere? There. Um, because he killed that dude, Steve. Mm-hmm. Good old Steve. <laughs> Good old Steve. It basically results in the assassin brotherhood to basically be like, mm, is he even on our side? Because this guy, of course, was like their buddy. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was working with them. He was their double agent, right? So it makes him question Arno's loyalty, which then basically makes it even worse because he acts a little rashly in his pursuit of De La Sierre's killer, which mm-hmm. is also kind of why they're like, but... You know, that was also a Templar Grandmaster. Even yeah. though we were trying... Like, it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. But ultimately, so... He gets to Elise, saves Elise, convinces Elise to parlay with him, with the Brotherhood. She then later basically confesses to the Brotherhood that, like, hey, my little faction of Templars, which is different than this faction of Templars, is being murdered by Germain. And basically, the assassins agreed to, like try and protect them in hopes of gaining some sort of favor, right? Okay. Um, from at, the, at this point, I'm, you're gone. I'm out. Oh, I'm yeah. never, I oh, never yeah, made it no. this far. <laughs> yeah, so like they're hoping to gain favor of like gain a favor from what they potentially could see as the future grandmaster of the Templars. That would be something huge to earn. Again, because this fucking thing's all over the place later, Arno and Elise, who have kind of been working together up to this point, then find Maribé, Maribu, whatever, dead on his bed. And, like, looking into it, Bellic turns out to be the killer, who then intend to purge the assassin leadership for beginning to agree with Templar beliefs. Uh, okay. All right. Like, you're, you're willing to par right. parlay with these guys work at this work at that right. you're trying to come to some common agreement no fuck this yeah we're supposed to very completely against them i was gonna say uh like dr strange the marvel movie feels like very similar to this the whole we oh, dude right on the nose yeah, i was gonna say we've been doing this the whole way right she would tell edgy force character in that yeah oh yeah so like again because arno one is in love with elise and mm-hmm. everything when he's confronting Belek, 
he basically refuses to join him in this purge of the assassin leadership and ends up killing Belek. So, like, at this point in time, there's not many fucking assassins left. <laughs> right? But nor is there many Templars. But you have Jermaine. Mm. And Jermaine is, like, this really fucked up dude that's kind of, like, manipulating the whole thing behind the scenes. And it just kind of keeps getting the upper hand. Because, like, later on then they go to... Um, Tellery's Palace. I'm I'm, per, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that wrong too. Um, but they're looking for letters written by Marabou to King Louis, uh, which the Templars could use as an excuse to purge the assassin agents from all of France. Mm-hmm. So basically, just a, one giant cleansing of assassins, and they're trying to stop that. Which is where, like, up until now, you're meeting again all of these great historical figures, mm-hmm. right? And so you come across Napoleon Bonaparte. There he is. Boom. I was wondering when he was going to show up. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> I'm not surprised he's uh, in it. And he helps you. Yeah. He helps you escape the palace, realizing that basically Germain's a dick <laughs> and intends to spark an even bigger revolt against the King of France. Okay. Because one's already going on, but like it's it's not necessarily against the king itself. It's just against way things are being done. But this dude is trying to completely overthrow France. So Arno then proceeds to assassinate two central figures. An officer who's organizing a prison revolt, which is Captain Frederick Raoul. And a merchant hoarding food, which is uh, Marie Levesque, Levesque, or whatever. Okay. But... Again, they're fueling this revolt. And so he gets rid of them to basically quell those two things. And like in doing so, this basically gave the impression that nobility was squandering resource to France Mm -hmm. and and like the lower class. So in getting rid of them, it basically breaks that that hold, that belief. So Bonaparte helps him take down Roly, who served under Bonaparte during the September massacres in 1792, which were a series of killing prisoners in Paris. Okay. Yeah. And then after assassinating Marie, Arno and Ellis escaped from the food riots via hot air balloon. (laughs) All right. And, And like, I'll fill in the rest. But that's where my game broke. Okay. Because, like, he's basically, like, professing his love for her in this really super romantic hot air balloon. Okay. And then I fell out of the bottom of the hot air balloon. Fun. Over and over <laughs> and over. And, over. and like, it was weird because it was a cutscene, uh-huh. right? Yet it kept desyncing me. That's weird. It, dude. I mean, it's on par, but it's yeah, weird. Yeah. But from there... The revolution is in full swing. Arno tracks Germain to the execution of King Louis the Sixteenth, but instead of pursuing Germain, he goes against his orders mm-hmm. and protects Elise. Which then Elise gets super pissed off at him for his decision because Germain is by far the more bigger threat, and basically Arno's. Brotherhood's basically like, fuck you, Arno. This was the last draw. You're basically just using us for your own fucking purposes. You're out. 
And once he gets kicked out, he basically just becomes a drunk. Like you do. Like you do. So for several months, he's basically just fucking drinking around before he is found in Versailles by Elise, who convinces him to return to Paris because, of course, it's it's tearing itself apart during the Reign of Terror, commonly also known as the Terror, which was a period of the French Revolution when, uh, following the creation of the First French Republic, a series of massacres and numerous public executions took place in response to revolutionary fervor. So, Arnaud then returns to Paris, and with the help of Elise, discredits the reputation of Maximilien de Robespierre, French lawyer and statesman who was, like, basically best known for his influential figure of the French Revolution, which whom Germain, now acting as Grand Master of the Templars, had placed in charge of uh, maintaining chaos. So, like, they fucking booted that guy out, basically being like, dude, he's he's just causing chaos to cause chaos. After Arno and uh, Elise find him, who he basically locked himself in his office to avoid arrest, Elise shoots him in the jaw and makes him write down the location of Germain. Nice. That's right? extreme. Super extreme. Which, I don't know how he didn't die. Just saying, back then, bullets, way things work, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's, it's possible. Arno then confronts Jermaine at the top of the temple, the, the Templar's temple, for those, right? Who now has, lo and behold, comes out of fucking nowhere, the Sword of Eden. <laughs> the fight ends up in the Templar crypt, which is basically where the fucking game begins. Where Arno strikes Germain only to have the sword to blow him fucking away and trap him under rubble. Elise then tries to help him, but then goes, fuck this, I'm going to kill Germain, starts fighting Germain. By the time Arno gets out of the rubble, the sword explodes, killing Elise and mortally wounding Germain. Arno then kills Germain, who in his memory confirms he is the sage and that he wanted to purge the Templar order of all who had forgotten the teachings of Mole, which then the game basically closes with Arno explaining how he understands the creed has changed and promises to watch over Paris and keep Elise's memory alive. Years later, later Arno having become the master assassin, which how <laughs> recovers Germain's skeleton from the temple and places it in the catacombs of Paris, much to the relief of the bishop, who is confident that Abstergo will not be able to find it. Wait, so... Alright. <laughs> did I miss something? Nope. Because... No, you did not. Uh, that is the shittiness of this story. Where the fuck wait. did Abstergo come from? Well... It... Hold on. <laughs> No, sorry. Bishop, right? It's much to the relief of Bishop, which happens to be the guy that hacked the system and okay. had you relive through all of this. You remember that in the very beginning of this <clears> explanation, <throat> right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm... Okay, that's what I'm curious about. One, if Bishop had this memory segment... Why didn't he just live through it? Why didn't she do it? Or somebody who already there? Bishop's, yeah. I'm, I, I remember Bishop being a woman. It might be. I don't know. So, I, if you can tell, I'm not a big fan of this. Now, if they if Bishop took it from Abstergo, 
why didn't they know about this? I mean, you know what? Maybe, maybe Dude. we're maybe we're missing something. Right, Dude, I I don't I know. Mean, I like that last little bit. I did have to get from various different things to kind of fill in. I'm going to be honest with you because again, I made it to the hot air balloon. Yeah, and then I couldn't get any further. I literally couldn't to the extent of I did. I I basically did what you did. I loaded, which my manual save mm-hmm. was not for quite a while back. I think I had to replay through like three hours of the game yeah. to get back to there just to have it happen again. And that's when I kind of looked it up and I realized a lot of what I was going through and, mm-hmm. and basically reliving the same glitches over and over and over again, it kind of looked like if you had the glitch, you had the glitch. It didn't matter if you restarted the game. It didn't matter yeah. what that was your glitch. You owned it. Congratulations. You win no prize. But, you don't get to complete the game. God, I'm not the kind of person who I likes... I love you, Ubisoft. Yeah. No, that's what I was just about what to say. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't like to be the person that takes a crap on somebody's creative... Because I understand the amount of time and effort and love that has to go into a creation like this. Yeah. And I don't like to be the person who takes a shit all over it. But something is fundamentally wrong with this. This is... This is like six months too soon. They, it's yeah. what they should have done. They should have yeah. pushed it back another six months at least. A and, year would have been great. A year would have been perfect. Wrong. Don't get me wrong. People wouldn't have been happy. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, even current events and everything that's going on in the world, before all of this happened, Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. developed by CD Projekt Red, a game that I have been excited for since basically this little stupid glimpse of a woman <laughs> sitting on her knees with blades coming out of her arms being <laughs> shot at by bullets up here. And I went, yes, please. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes. I want it. Yeah. And it literally, at the end of it, it says, when it's ready. Yeah. Gave no date, no title, no nothing. We waited. Finally gave a date. I, I just checked the other day mm-hmm. because the chaos of the PS5 pre-order has just struck us, friends. Mm-hmm. This is a time of recording, so you can get a rough date of when <laughs> this happened. We, I just lived through this. I was lucky enough to be one of the ones that pre-ordered a PS5. But in doing so, I realized that my pre-order through Best Buy had the wrong payment information. So what do I do? I do the responsible thing. I update the payment method. For my collector's edition of Cyberpunk 2077, which I pre-ordered on January or on June, sorry, 19th of 2019, <laughs> updated it. They canceled the order, and I can't get it back. Oh no! I'm I'm actually really upset about it. Mm. Luckily, and I kind of completely forgot about this. Mm-hmm. I had also made a pre-under pre-order under GameStop. Oh, okay. Same day. Completely forgot about it. Went to GameStop, logged in, saw that I still had a pre-order, and went, oh, thank God, at least I'm getting one. <laughs> now, granted, the one, that I think the reason why I tried to, I I try, if I memory serves, I tried to pre-order it under Best Buy, couldn't, pre-ordered it under GameStop because I could, and then I turned around and was able to pre-order it under GameStop again for this way cheaper because I had, like, the game of the, the month or gamers club mm-hmm. card thing right and i was like oh shit and i meant to cancel the one with gamestop and i just never did <laughs> and thank god i didn't but that tells you it was supposed to come out in april of this year mm-hmm. they postponed it to september yep 
then postponed it to November. Yep. And I'm not ex- I'm not I'm not happy about that fact, but at least I know in November when this game comes out, if it turns out to be as shitty as this, CD Projekt Red would go under. Mm-hmm. Easily. They would go under. They would this would destroy them. Because fans nowadays would be like, are you fucking kidding? I've waited this long because like, God, I, w- I want to say it was easily three years from that little when it's ready mm-hmm. to here's your first gameplay trailer to here's the fucking title of the game to holy shit, Keanu Reeves is in it. <laughs> and if it c- turns out to be a really terrible game, we're not going to have it. Mm-hmm. Luckily enough... Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, it had been around enough that even taking a hit like this on this game, Mm -hmm. it could absorb it a little bit. But at the same time, it was different. They'd only postponed it two months. If they would have postponed it six months, a year, I think reception would have been different if the game came out exactly like this again. Now, wait, 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 wait. Exactly like this? If they pushed pushed this out a year and it came out like this, we we probably wouldn't be playing any more Assassin's Creed games. Probably not. Because if you're going to postpone it, I think think fans and gamers in general, if you tell them, hey, we're doing something and it's not ready, we need to push it back, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of people who are like, no, we want it now, blah, 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 blah. But the vast majority of people say, good, push it back. If it's not ready for release, don't release it. Because when yeah. you release it in this kind of state, that is how you lose fans. Well, literally, it was unplayable at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and it stayed unplayable throughout its entire lifespan. Yeah, We're talking, this game was released in... What did I say? Six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. Six years later, you still can't play the game. Yeah. I because because my my save file does not trigger the things I needed to. Yeah. And I'm not starting this over again. Oh no. I'm well, not and that's do it. that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. I literally and and I think Ubisoft basically just went, This is a turd. Yep. This is a turd and we can't fix a turd. A turd is always gonna be a turd. Yeah. And just basically shut it down. Because literally within a couple of months mm-hmm. of it releasing Nobody was talking about this game. Yeah. Nobody was playing this game. Nobody wanted anything to do with this game. Like, I don't have a single friend where I go, hey, Assassin's Creed Unity. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's... That was amazing. No, it's like, oh, fuck. We don't talk about Assassin's Creed Unity. I love how it's like it's it's the polar opposite to 4 because, like, we can't find anybody who didn't like 4 and we can't find anybody who liked Unity. Correct. Like, it's... So if you liked Unity, yeah. if you were able to get through <laughs> and play all of Unity, please reach out. Let us t- let, let's have a conversation. I, I would love to know. And even then, what glitches did you experience? Yeah, because I'm sure there's something like not all the glitches and bugs were game breaking, but there was enough. I remember being in the lobby to join some of these Unity missions, and I would wait three fucking hours. That's a long time to wait. I wanted to see. And three hours later, one of the four would join me. Or one of the three extras, I should say, Mm -hmm. would join me on this mission. And at that point in time, I'd be like, let's just go. And the other guy would be like, no, let's wait. You haven't waited three hours. (laughs) And luckily, they didn't have the patience that I did with it. Mm -hmm. So they would only wait like five, ten minutes and be like, fuck it, let's go. (laughs) I, I can only imagine how long it would take to wait at release to get a full squad to get a full squad and you know what that makes me sad because honestly 
it's like the idea has merit. How cool would it be? I, Ghost of Tsushima is doing something very similar coming up where you and your friends can play in the same game story. Yep. This a story driven mission. You can play together and you can do different things and you can bring your own character in is my understanding at this point. Yeah. Right. Or no, you pick a class. You pick you a pick class. A that's class right. That's right. And that's what you play as, which is very similar to what this was. You picked a class. Yeah. And that's what you played as. You were still Arno. Mm hmm. But you were Arno in this yeah, you were, different class. Yeah, you were Arno, but this time you wanted to use an axe or uh, oh, the, gu- the guillotine gun. That you was were, something that looked cool. Yeah, you were a brute or mm. you were a ranger or you were a finesse or you were an assassin. I think those were the four different classes. Yeah. Which which has merit. Games yeah. like that can be fun. You you know, I mean again, I know that I know that not a lot of people like this type of game, but again, you look at Division, you look at Destiny, you look at Anthem. There, there are specific characters for specific roles. I mean, heck, even Wildlands or Breakpoint, right? You can gear yourself to play to a certain play style. I, th- I like, well, hell, Wildlands and Breakpoint are division in a different atmosphere. I just <laughs> want to point this out to it's, people. It's the same game, except for you're in Wildlands <laughs> or you're in, in Bolivia. <laughs> you're in Breakpoint Lands. You're in Breakpoint Lands. <laughs> like, it, it's... Same mechanics, well, same, yeah, but, same thing. But no, you're right. You know, and stuff like this works. Stuff, something like that. It would be cool to be able to be like, I'm going to be a more of a long-ranged assassin, or I'm going to be the guy who's kind of infiltrating. I'm going to sneak my way in well, through you the see, crowd. You see it a lot. You see, well, and I should say, you see it in a lot of shooters, mm-hmm. right? I'm normally a sniper. Yeah. I'm good at sniping. A lot of people have gotten a lot better at sniping in a lot of games yeah. recently, quick scoping, all that stuff. Mm. I was good at sniping when sniping mechanics were shit. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I'm still all right at sniping. I'm not a big shooter person mm. to begin with, but I'm still good at sniping. And when I play these type of games, I do pick up the sniper role and I'm able to clear paths and snipe people and, and make sure I'm not triggering alarms or alerting other people. And, reading the situation so a person who is trying to infiltrate as an infantryman on foot isn't gonna have to fight Mm -hmm. 60 million people yeah and so these different roles do come in handy it does have merit you're absolutely correct it does have merit when it works yeah when it works and this did not work like i said i hate to kind of crap all over it but and i'm not trying to crap all over it Mm -hmm. i'm just merely pointing out the facts of the situation like It is, this was a broken game from the Mm get-go. We had a company who basically acknowledged that it was a broken game from the get-go. Tried to fix it. It remained broken. The queues were too long. The graphics were terrible in comparison. Like, I'm talking the skull-mashing sequence. Mm -hmm. You had the graphic glitches. The parkour system sucked. Oh, I was so disappointed in that. The parkour system in this was awful. One button to run, one button to run up, one button to run down. Ugh, it's obnoxious. Even then, there were a lot of times where you would try to run up something and you would end up in a glitch because it wasn't a wall in which you could run up. Oh, yeah, I never got that. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. I don't know how many times I had to reload because I would get stuck in a wall. No, I mean, I'd like to be perfectly honest. I I went from mild annoyance to unplayable literally in the span of two seconds. Because yeah. other than that, yeah, I got some frame rate drops when you had big crowds being around. But I never had anything. But you're building a game but, around the French Revolution, which literally 
pictures upon pictures upon pictures of hundreds of people standing in a square executing somebody. You're building big crowds. You should build it off of an engine that can handle well, the frame rates hey, for big crowds. Oh, I'm not just saying. The optimization wasn't that great for those crowds. But other than that, I I didn't have any other problems, any of those other technical glitches. And honestly, for me, the entire time I was playing, I was like, what's so bad about this? <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I had that moment of, okay, why isn't this as good? Like, why do people not like this? Then I got to that moment and went, there it is. You know, I yeah. didn't like the controls. The the fighting was okay. The assassinating no, was, was fun. There was a lot that, again, mild annoyances, mm-hmm. but, and we discussed it in the last one. There's a lot of mild annoyances in, well, I shouldn't say a lot. There are mild annoyances in black flag. There are mild annoyances in three, mm-hmm. like all of them have some form of mild annoyances, but with that, it was still playable. Yeah. And granted, you didn't play this when this game came out. That's I true. did. Oh, no. I mean, and when it came yeah. out, dude, it wasn't mild annoyance. Oh, no. Like the inability to run up a wall or constantly get caught in a wall mm-hmm. or you're fighting somebody and they're a key opponent. You have to kill this person. Yeah. And then they fall through the floor. Yeah. Like these are just a handful of glitches that were one of hundreds. Yeah. Like, because that person didn't die, they were just in the floor. Mm -hmm. You couldn't get to them. They couldn't get to you. Therefore, you couldn't complete the mission. So you had to reload. When he fell through the floor again, you're like, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So you reloaded. And when you finally realized, I have 30 seconds to kill him, or he falls through the floor. (laughs) Like, dude, do you know how to get to the point that I was at before legit broke the game because i couldn't skip that sequence Mm -hmm. i couldn't get past it because i kept falling out of the goddamn hot air balloon Mm -hmm. like i easily one playthrough i would reset my game 20 to 30 times through that but i i wanted to know the storyline yeah i am big on storyline this game kind of seemed interesting um i knew a lot of these characters right like it they they appear we know their names we mm. like whether you actually knew who the fuck they were or not or just recognized the name i was curious mm-hmm. and so yeah i i tried my best but once i got to that it was like i'm fucking done i'm not even i i uninstalled the game immediately mm. i deleted the download file in my cloud i went to gamestop the next day and sold the game mm. cuz it wasn't i was no. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't get it to work by that point in time. Mm-hmm. Easily 20 hours invested in this game. Yeah. Easily. And that's not including the constant restarts and everything. That's just the Yeah. This is what I've played through, you know. Mhm. And I'm not redoing that again just to get past a hot air balloon, which in, in research for this, I found out basically I had like three more missions after that. <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that, you know? And, and so, yeah, it was, it was just really disappointing to me. I enjoy the French revolution. I enjoy history. I enjoy mm-hmm. being able to play through it like this and to basically come across a game that it kind of felt like no matter who played it, where you were playing it at some point in time or another, you hit a game breaking glitch. Yeah. 
It just depended on which one you hit. <laughs> it was just really upsetting, and I was really, I was really kind of disappointed in Ubisoft. Mm. And I'll be honest, like I don't think I bought Syndicate right away. Yeah, I think I was just kind of like, no, <laughs> because I, even though I liked the Assassin's Creed games, and I do like London, and it looked like it took place during like kind of steampunk London mm. and. All that, I was just like, I, you know, I can't. Nope. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. <laughs> so, and, and hence the reason why, like, even when I did, I only played through a little bit of the game, and I was just like, I can't. This yeah. one has issues. This one has problems. I don't enjoy it as much. I'm not having as much fun. I, like, it doesn't compel me. And after all the time I wasted in the last one. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to try and dump that much time in this, especially since, like, I want to say around that time period, there were other games. Well, yeah. Like, that I would much rather dump my time into, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I just, it kind of, it ended up on the back burner and I never picked it back up. And even when we were talking about doing this, I tried picking it up. I played maybe five minutes of it and went, (laughs) <laughs> nope <laughs> i'm done <laughs> okay so yeah so obviously there were games that you would rather be playing than unity and syndicate um i think we pretty much have said all we need to say about unity not really oh i i've gone through my piece yeah gone through yours really like, let's go on to syndicate so, which steampunk london yeah right? so Looks fucking badass. I was first, pretty stoked. One of the first games in which you actually got to choose choose your character, your character, whether it be yeah. well, you got to choose whether you were brother, the brother or the sister. Well, yeah, but um, it's which didn't really affect the storyline. Um, well, it. So here's the thing: who did you run around as? Mostly as Evie. You you have to switch between the two. There are, oh, that's right. There are you certain, don't actually get a choice. Yeah, it's, in some, it's, it's, it's not like Odyssey where you pick, pick one, one or the other. and then you go through the thing. But yeah. it is the first one in which there are two. Yeah. And, and that was cool. Yeah, that was that was fun. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I liked the ability to switch them. Um, you know, the, the menu optimization for that, because when you switch them, it automatically kicks you out of the menu. And when you're managing equipment and stuff, that's kind of obnoxious. But yeah, Jacob is more of a brawler. Evie is more of the stealthy one. Yeah. And my play style, I tended to favor Evie. Same. Because Same. I, I like to come On top the of that, rappers. if I'm going to play a game in which I'm going to be playing for hours and I have the choice to watch a female butt or a male butt run around the screen, I'm going to choose the female butt. You are like literally part of the population that I hate, if that's your reasoning. You're welcome. No, <laughs> no it's... No, if I had to choose between a male and a female, I, I do tend to choose the female. And and for a couple of different reasons, mm-hmm. I like to see how they develop a lot of things with them. Not mm-hmm. not necessarily the proportions of their body. Yeah. But like how they move, the equipment on them. Because I've noticed in gaming, a lot of the times, that's where it goes awry. Like if you have interchangeable clothes on a female character, a lot of the times you'll change them on a female character and you're like, holy fuck, she looks bulky. And I always love seeing the, hey, the more armor this is worth, the less she's actually wearing, which I find hilarious. Mm-hmm. I never knew a skimpy chainmail little bikini top could be worth 150 armor <laughs> where that 
full plated <laughs> breast mail that literally covers her from like neck to navel <laughs> is like only 30. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? It's really messed up. You could definitely tell that this was all designed by people who. Need. Well, and, yeah. and, and I do, I, I do admit, like mm-hmm. I, there is a part of me that goes, you know, I'd rather watch a girl run around than a guy, but that's just because there's so many games in which I watch a guy run around, Yeah, you know, it's there in some games, there is a sex appeal to mm-hmm. it. Gaming characters be hot in some of these games. Like any boy from the nineties who tells you that they played Tomb Raider because <laughs> of the game is a fucking liar. Like Laura Croft's square titties, <laughs> triangle, am- triangles, not sorry. square, triangle titties yeah. <laughs> were amazing. Like every, come on. yeah, every person backed her into the corner and spun the camera around. Hundred <laughs> percent. In this, realistically, right in Assassin's Creed, back to the main thing. Every game up until this point, you are a dude. Let's see how a female assassin does things. You don't even meet really. A long-term, in-game female assassin. Like, you meet Lucy, and right. you have Rebecca, but neither one of them are you doing missions with, and you're seeing their assassination techniques and skills and everything like that. Yeah, I think you get a glimpse of Lucy when you guys are fighting. But barely. Eh. Yeah. But nothing to the extent of this. No, no, no. Oh, goodness, no. And they do really play on, which I'm partly a for, for and partly against. The differences in the genders between the two. Because you have Jacob and Evie Fry. Evie, as you said, is being the more finesse character. Jacob is just the brute fucking force. Yeah. Now, they did, you know, I mean, Liberation, Assassin's Creed Liberation had come out. So you could play. You you were a female in That's that fair. one. That's fair. That's fair. You were. Um, it was on the PS Vita. Vita. However you want to say it. Bastards, don't get on me. Because uh, seriously, like... I, I don't know if you've seen that. There's a huge part of people. There's like these two different groups that if you don't say it the way they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's said. I'm not a developer of the freaking system. Mm-hmm. I say Vita. I hear a lot of people say Vita. Either way, it came out on that. It was a good game. You're right. I kind of forgot about that one. But it was fun being able to play through this, being able to play both. And then, like I said during the last one, the very few things that I remember in this one was the certain aspects that I felt like should have been in Brotherhood. You are building a mafia. Yeah. It's it's interesting because, yeah, it is very sim- similar to Brotherhood in that sense. Of yeah. You are building a group of people, but in that one, it's a group of assassins. In this one, it's a, it's a street gang, basically. It's, it's a mafia. Yeah. You straight up, like you're running shady businesses. You're fucking you're not you, running, you're not running shady businesses. Yeah, you are. No, you're bootlegging. No, you're not bootlegging. I, I, I promise you, I remember fucking running drinks, bro. <laughs> like full fledged care. Oh, maybe it wasn't drinks. <laughs> I was like, now that I remember, yeah, there's the carts, carriage, there's carriage blew up. Carriages full of supplies that you can like take. I don't remember. I mean, you can, inv- you can like invest in bars to, because er, 
you know, I mean, we're all way out of order here, but whatever. You do have the train that works as your home base, and in your yeah. in your train is a safe that accumulates money to help you pay for necessary upgrades. It's become kind of a staple in the game. Yeah, yeah. And you can invest except in, for Unity, which didn't have it. <laughs> you can invest in businesses, which in turn increases the amount of money that you can store and the amount of money you earn per time. No, I, I remember. The, the mission that I'm remembering is you have to hijack a carriage. The carriage is full of... Um, Nitroglycerin? That's it. <laughs> and that's... that. It, I just remember the bottles clinking. Yeah, I remember like, that Oh too. my god, one broke! <laughs> and, and shit like that. And Yeah, I, I made the mistake. of <laughs> That carriage blew up a lot. <laughs> but yeah, the so yeah, I mean... So basically the story of this one is once again, you're an, un, you're an unknown person sitting at home playing a video game. Way to appeal to your audience. And you are once again contacted by Bishop, who says, hey, I need you to relive the memories of these twins. Because once again, we have another piece of Eden, because that's our MacGuffin, that we need to find. And uh, Rebecca and Sean, they're, like, they've kind of got their own thing going on. They're going into an Abstergo uh, facility, and they're kind of doing their little sneaky spy stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, by this point, you're you're an actual you're you're supposed to be playing the same person from Unity. I see. I never. I, that's what I got because you're the Helix player again, but Maybe. this time you're now an Assassin Initiate. See, yeah. And Bishop gets in contact with you again, and okay. So I'm... I I got the feeling that. I'm supposed to be the same, you're the same person, person from Unity. Yeah, I I didn't get that feeling, but. You know what? I mean, I could be wrong. It's not that happens. And yeah, I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, you know, you go through your typical kind of tutorial level where you're doing stuff. And then and then it's funny because a lot of the the entire time you're you and Jacob and Evie are fighting about, oh, well, dad said to do this. You know, we come from a line of assassins. Yeah, we're not supposed to go to London. It's overrun by Templars. They have a street gang going on. There's no reason we should ever go there. And they just go. So we're going to London then? Yeah, let's go. And they jump on a train and go to London. Right. Because you do. And they meet um, Henry Green, who's who's like the assassin tasked to watch London. I guess he failed at his job if the Templars took over? Well, like, I, Or is he just a plant? <laughs> in all fairness, I, I, I got the feeling that he was doing the best he could. Mm-hmm. The Templars just basically overran. Just over, over pushed him, yeah. Yeah. Because really, by that point in time, you have a full Templar gang set up, mm. which you constantly fight, which is kind of part of the reason why it always reminded me of a mob. Because like, if you're walking down the street mm-hmm. and you have no interaction with the characters that you have hired and built up and all this other stuff, they're on one side of the street, the Templar gang's on the other side of the street, they meet eyes, they'll literally run at each other and attack each other. And the cops too. Yep. The, the cops are also... Well, well, like, there are parts where it's like, hey, draw the cops over to pick a fight with these guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it definitely feels like a big street gang thing. Um, So the twins get there. They meet Mr. Green, who goes, oh, you guys showed up to help take over London? This is how we're going to do it. And basically, the short version is um, the Grandmaster in that area is a guy named Steric. He is, once again, looking for a piece of Eden. Um which one was this? So the well, here's the thing. Now there's there's actually two in this game because the first one blows up, 
but the second one is called the Shroud of Eden, and it's yeah. supposed to be able to heal a person from even the deadliest wounds. Yeah, it's supposed to... <sighs> It's basically the shroud that was laid on Jesus Christ. The sh- which it's the shroud of Turin. Yeah, which, which is the shroud. That's, okay, um, <laughs> that's no, that one. No, it's it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's their their representation of that shroud. And so yeah, so they show up, and so Jacob's idea is we need to go and we need to hit the temp- Templars and we need to hit them hard. Evie says no, we need to do our research and we need to find where the shroud is because we need that piece of Eden. We need to keep it out of their hands. Right, and kind of in. Fighting ensues. They're kind of at odds with each other about the way they go about it their own way. Yeah, and so through the game, you switch to Evie, and again, it's more sneaky. Break in, get information. She breaks into the facility where the piece of Eden is and watches it explode, and then realizes there's a second one hidden somewhere in London. And again, Jacob is more. I'm going to just go here, find this doctor who's experimenting on people, and gonna you know take him out, kind of thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, the all the I, like, the, and this is where I kind of like I dropped off, right? Sorry, mm-hmm. I was saying that all the way from the mic. And this is kind of <laughs> where I dropped off, right? Yeah, because I like I felt too much was happening all at the same time. I mm-hmm. wasn't really invested in either character. I didn't really care about building my street game. Yeah, I like there was nothing that drew me forward, there no. was nothing that made me go. Tomorrow I'm going to get up, I'm going to play this game, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to come home, I'm going to play this game and continue going on. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it was, tomorrow I'm going to come home and I'm going to eat dinner and I'm going to play this other game. <laughs> and, like, and then I would log on and I would kind of look at it and I'd be like, mm, no, I don't feel like that. I feel yeah. like this. And yeah, so like because of this kind of constant bouncing back and forth thing, Mm-hmm. I lost interest. No, and I get that because, you know, really, it's the same kind of thing. There are areas, sections on the map. There are, you know, synchronization points in each area that you can unveil the big, you know, the overall area of that yeah. particular um, borough. Big Ben. Um, yeah, Big Ben is one. Parliament, which is right next to it, is, you know, a landmark you can go to. Uh, the River Thames is actually like one whole section itself. Yep. And it's kind of fun how they did that because they have boats going opposite directions. So you can actually just kind of jump from boat to boat to boat. Frogger. Yeah. Is, that is what it totally reminded it, me of. Absolutely. I 100% got Frogger vibes. So with all that. They yeah. all, they, there's, Sorry. So he, direct. No, no, no. You're fine. So new mechanics. Mm-hmm. Now you have a zip line you can shoot from one building to another building because video games got a video game. And back at this time, the architecture of London was big, wide, massive streets. Yeah. You can't rely on hanging ropes because they didn't really have any back then. So how can you do it? Zipline. So it's pretty cool because it also works vertically as well as horizontally. So that was kind of cool. You have guns. And again, this does feel more right. You can you can choose between a kukri, a sword cane kind of thing, and brass knuckles, and you can equip those. You get different outfits that do different things, so I typically tended to run 
uh, Evie with an outfit that gave her more tools. So she had more throwing knives and more bombs and stuff like that. Yeah. Jacob had, I gave, I let, I had him running around and stuff that gave him better defense since he was more of a brawler. Yeah. Um, Evie's Evie has capes. That's like a special thing that you can customize on her. And again, they do different things. Jacob was a belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember like side missions where you could, um, they were fight clubs. Mm-hmm. You would go in as Jacob and you'd do these fight clubs and come out the victor. Yeah, and, yeah. there's the, yeah, there's a big emphasis on the whole street gang aspect of it because that's what Jacob really wants to do. And yeah, once you get to a certain point, like the resident Templar person or the gang of the Templar person comes up and says, I'm here, come and fight me. And I, and I didn't realize this, but you can actually kill them. So what happens is, is once you do enough stuff in the area, they mm-hmm. show up once and say, I'm the boss of this area and I'm going to send all my minions in to kill you. And then they run away. Well, if you run after them and you kill them, then you just automatically get the burrow. You yeah. do, because if you do, if you miss them, because I missed the first couple because I didn't realize what was going on. Then oh, once you have to do this, you, you have to do the street. Fight. You fully clear the area. Then they say, now meet me for the street fight. And I thought that was pretty fun that you can kind of take well, care of that if you're quick enough. But at the same time, that was a common thing. That's mm-hmm. how people gambled. That was that was a thing of that time period to basically go in these like little back alley rings and fight each other. And I got to say, like, there were people that I was excited to meet in this game, like Charles Dickens, Fred, Frederick uh, Aberline, Alexander Graham Bell, Florence Nightingale. Um, the good parade of historical figures in this time period. Arthur like Conan the, Doyle. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and it was cool. You know, you meet Charles Darwin and, and all these fucking people. And it was cool. It, I, I got to say, it was pretty cool, but. It wasn't enough to make me go, I want to continue playing. No. And I understand that, you know, I mean, unless you have a real, have a real love of industrial London era, like this game may not have much for you because, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the mechanics here, Mm -hmm. right? You talk about the grappling hook, which I feel like that mechanic wasn't too bad. It it had its moments Mm -hmm. where I was kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But the, for the most part, it wasn't. One of the worst was the carriage driving, which oh. was an essential part of this game. Yeah. How many missions in which did you end up on a carriage <sighs> having to drive it? It was annoying. And it it, it just didn't turn out, yeah. right? Like I, I, I literally had one mission where I needed to capture a guy. He jumped on a carriage. I jumped on the carriage, knocked him off of it. Mm-hmm. And me just me pushing him off was enough to kill him, and I had to redo the mission. I was, I was just, really? Are you serious right now? Yeah. It was obnoxious. Well, and that's it. The carriage mechanics in that game were atrocious. Yeah. Um, there were certain elements that, certain weaponry and sets like that, that you would get that I was like, this is, no. Like, you got a spark bomb. Oh, yeah. That's what I called. <clears throat> you basically threw it, and it electrocuted everybody around them. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah, I love how because you get it from Alexander Graham Bell, and I was like, I didn't realize Graham Bell knew what a Tesla coil was. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, because Graham Bell is the guy who is your he's your engineer in this one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you don't even have anything like that in the other ones. Well, I mean, I don't mean it like that, right? Because you have Leonardo da Vinci in two, 
You've got Benjamin Franklin in three. You don't have anything like that in four. All of your gear comes from either the assassins or you craft it yourself, basically. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing super special. No. Because it's all about the ship. As, I, as I said, in, in f- well, and in Unity, you don't have... Uh, Unity, I know. <laughs> Un- well, Unity, it's just like a very linear story. Line. Yeah. You, you kind of run through it. Um, you don't really have a whole lot of like meeting of these historical people outside of the people that are in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It just seemed unrealistic to me. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm sorry... It's cool. It made me feel kind of like Batman, but that's unrealistic. I don't yeah. have a grappling gun. I don't have a bomb that shoots electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, those kind of pulled me out of it again. I, I felt like they were overstretching and overreaching what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I just I fell out of the game. Not to say that it was a bad game. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot to it. And, right, if you like steampunk industrial fucking London... You do you, boo. <laughs> because I like I didn't get very much through it. Um, it does tie into a couple of other games, right? Like there's a mission with Edward Kenway's mansion, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty. Of course, neat. it's a tie into four, four and three, and yeah, you go in there and you can see like a little model of the ship, and I think the wheels on the wall. Yeah, yeah, I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. It was. It was pretty cool. And like there's a there's a Bank of England mission, which I remember that was pretty cool. Oh, that it yeah, that was that one was a lot of fun. But like I don't remember a whole lot beyond that, bro. No. Like I don't remember the main storyline. Mm-hmm. I barely remembered the shroud, and that's only because you brought it up. <laughs> um But like, yeah, because I remember mainly it was the sister wanted to go through this stealthy approach and acquire the the piece of Eden. The brother was like, fuck you. We're going to retake London. We're going to do it with street gangs. Mm-hmm. And so you, that was your thing. You you built up money sources. You lived on the train. You, you know, modified your income, built up the bank, bought out certain boroughs bur- bur- um, where the sister kept running these highly like secretive missions mm-hmm. and you're doing all this and she mainly got in contact with green mm-hmm. right she was the one who stayed in contact with him which green was getting pretty pissed the fuck off if i remember um because he's like one the brotherhood's not helping us out and two i have no fucking clue what the two of you are doing yeah um although he although he is kind of sweet for her he is for evie yeah mm. yeah not that it was needed no and like i I don't even know if anything came up of it, but... Well, somebody must have done something because... Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and, and I didn't beat the game because I lost interest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, again, it was a bad game. It just, after playing Unity, I don't know which order you played them in. Did you play Syndicate and then Unity or Unity and then Syndicate? Nope, I... I... I started playing Unity, and the second that broke, I went, okay, we're switching to Syndicate, and I'm not going to have much to say on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, after Unity, man, like, I just, I couldn't get into this. I don't know how you stayed for as long as you did in it. Honestly, you know what it is? What? I'm a sucker for uh, uh, show me the greatest gear I can get, and I will work towards it. And that's something that they did. They, they list do that out well. all the gear that you can get. Some of it, some of it is hidden, but they list out all the gear that you can get. And seeing how 
powerful I could be and the cool stuff I could get and the, the way the things look. I thought it was so cool to be walking around as Eevee with a cane, with a sword in it, just sneaking around when stuff got troubled, just whipping that out, beating a whole bunch of people. That is what kept me going. And I remember that moment, too, because I remember sitting on my couch going, oh, now this game has its hooks in me. Because that's what I wanted. I wanted to grind for that really good gear. and be- But you didn't really care about the storyline. Well, I, I cared about Evie, right? Remember, I said that I was running around as her primarily, yeah. right? Even when I, when I, if I wasn't doing specifically a Jacob mission, I was Evie. Whether I was in, just running around, running around in the world collecting stuff or yeah. doing her mission. She yeah. was always my go-to. And I got attached to her. I liked the way that her character was you know, focused on, we need to deal with the the most imminent problem of getting the shroud. That way we can then tackle the Templars and they won't have this thing because if they get it, it's going to be harder for us. Yeah. So I, which I find funny because the game itself actually tries to push you towards Jacob. Like it really does. Even to the subtext of he's the center of the cover and Evie is literally in the background off to the right side. Mm -hmm. Like, it, so it, it is. I do find that a little interesting, and, and yeah, I I didn't get really attached to either of them just because I just like to me they didn't build out the storyline that well. No, and I mean, really, it's it's not a tale of revenge for the for once, right? <laughs> no, it, it's it's literally a tale of two children who are like, we're gonna make it on our own in this world. Yeah, we're gonna go take over London. And that's it. And, oh, and it just so happens that there's a piece of Eden here that we can work towards. And, you know. Well, and, but even then, that sound, that's like a side note. Mm-hmm. Jacob's main thing, he doesn't. He, he just wants to get rid of the Templar. Two fucks about the Shroud. Yeah. I don't even think he really cares about the Templars. He wants to rule London. Well, he wants to. So my interpretation of what I got was he yeah. wanted the Templars out of London. And to do that. It was, let's get a street gang going to yeah. help push them out. Because once he realized that the Templars had a street gang, he was like, that's well, what we, we need could, one too. We need one too. Yeah. And then he's so excited. Oh, we'll call them the Rooks. Yeah. All right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I remember that. But, you know, again, it's not the strongest title in the series. Yeah. It's also by far not the weakest. Um, no, we just discussed the weakest. Yeah, pretty much. You know? No, it, like this one's playable. Mm-hmm. This one's good. Don't don't take my my discredit of it and my my tossing off the side of it to be basically this. Oh God, this game wasn't that great. Like there was a lot of factors in it. There there's there's a lot of good stuff in the game. Yeah. But my factors behind not really caring for it come from previous titles and the fact of like at this point every year an Assassin's Creed game has come out. And it got good, 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 little bad, good, amazing, <laughs> pure shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, this one that it, it didn't have a storyline that made me go, I want to play this. It didn't have combat system that was like, this is fun. It didn't have gear that made me go, holy fuck, this is realistic. This is, you know, I, I can use this. These are my different advantages. Uh-huh. Like, I just, I tore it apart mentally yeah before i i think i tore it apart before i even touched the goddamn controller <laughs> uh to first of all to correct something i was obviously joking when i said you know this isn't a revenge plot because kenway doesn't is not a revenge plot in four that's not there's no revenge there are you sure i'm positive i know it's i just want to <laughs> but what i was I, so this game is basically like 
your rebound mm-hmm. game because you were so distraught over what happened in Unity mm-hmm. that you were like, okay, cool, another Assassin's Creed fix. But you were still so hung up on what happened with Unity. You're like, I just am not into this one. Yeah. And and it was my five-minute quickie. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You spent, and that's probably what I put into yeah, it. You, you spent probably a couple hours on it and went, meh, whatever. Well, and that's 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 kind of really it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I were to go back and play it, if I would enjoy it. I do remember certain aspects of the game that I was kind of like, ah, I don't really care for this. I don't really care for building up a game. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge part of this game. <sighs> I don't really care for the carriage system. Mm-hmm. And for whatever fucking reason, that was a huge part of this game. God, I, I actively avoided carriages unless I had to. But there's a lot in which, if I remember correctly, you have to. Oh, this guy hops on a carriage and rides off. Well, you, there's no way for you to be able to pursue him on foot. No. Or on a single horse. You yourself yeah. have to hop onto a carriage. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, these mechanics are terrible. I will say this. The small carriages, and I don't remember what they were called. The Coaches? W- no, 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 no. They're the ones that only had two wheels. Oh, it, okay. it was almost... It's, I don't want to say rickshaw, but it was literally just two wheels with a, a seat and a covering and then mm-hmm. you standing on the top. Yeah. Those were the best ones because they were the quickest and they were the most nimble. However, I'm not using that to justify it. The carriage mechanics was crap. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Yeah. I just, I'm like, if I needed to, those were the ones that I would look for. The yeah. gang stuff, I like, it's omnipresent. But with the exception of putting, like, upgrades into the gang Mm -hmm. and having them be around. Now, granted, yeah, there are missions where it's, like, because a lot of the missions have sub. Plots. No. um, Submissions. Sub-agendas. Sub-tasks. Sub-tasks. Yeah. So, like, you know, the task is infiltrate the area and kill the leader. Sub-task, don't alert the guards. Yeah. This is a thing that Assassin's Creed games have done. We've never really talked about it. It is. It is. I forgot. And yeah. one of them is you go into an area and it's kill the guy and don't let the rooks that are captured be killed. Yep. I always let them die because of that reason. It's just I didn't care. I didn't care about it. And all of the gang stuff, I just was like, all right, I'm going to go do it. And now well, I'm done with it. So here's the here's my question. Mm-hmm. What was the benefit of not letting them die? Uh, you get more money and experience by completing the objective. That's it. Whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was my point, is there was nothing that kind of like... Yeah. I have to do this. No. More experience and more money. One, you end up earning a shit ton of money. Just like any one of these Assassin's Creed games where you start businesses and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you out-earn what you need. And two... The experience, I was just kind of like, mm, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I did like... I was getting enough of it from other places. I did like that they had a skill tree in this one. Yeah. That you could improve your own things. I also like that some of the skills were locked to certain characters. <laughs> and I made a beeline for the one that is totally game-breaking in the sense that once you get this... As long as Evie is crouched, because this is another cool thing that they did. You had normal mode and then you pushed a button and you, you know, like Jacob would have a top hat and he'd be walking around in normal mode. And then you put him in sneak mode and he takes his top hat off, stuffs it inside his coat somehow and, and pulls up, lifts, lifts yeah. up his hood. But with Evie, when she was in sneak mode, if you stood still, you literally went invisible. Yeah. And unless an enemy was standing on top of you, they never saw you. I, that is the equivalent of 
um, a move in Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I literally labeled the fuck you button <laughs> because it is so game breaking. It's so unfair, mm. but it's so much fun to use. Yeah. Because I just, you just would sneak and hide. I'd call, uh, no, I, I remember Oh, it's this. amazing. I remember doing this in the sense of um, you had your distractions. Like you you would throw a bell or you a firecracker whistle. or something. Yeah. You could whistle. And you could basically, boom, invisibility. Yep. Whistle. They would come over to you. You would stand still. They'd be like, what the fuck? Turn around and then, boom, Boop, killed. Stab dead. Yep. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah. That was it. I... And then some other guy would come and be like, oh, God, there's a dead body here. <laughs> Boom, stab, killed. And, like, I think I wiped out an entire fucking armada yeah. of fucking people in one spot. Mm-hmm. Because no, that, that that is true. Yeah. That, that move is just. it's. I love it. I love it. And, and that's cool. But at the same time, I can't remember in Unity if they had a skill tree. I don't think they did. Uh, they didn't. I think Brotherhood or Syndicate, sorry, is the first one in which you have a skill tree. I believe you're correct. Which they carry on to further games. Yep. And it's cool. Yep. I like it. This one they definitely learned with it because you could break it fucking quick. Yeah. I remember, like, I was three missions in, and both of my characters, like, ninety percent of their skill trees were maxed. That's impossible. Because you had to be like level six to get Evie's one. There's no way you could be level six. At you just missions. keep running around killing things. Oh, oh, you mean like actual missions? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like, okay. I was like, so, okay. Well then, well, if you're level six doing a level two mission, what do you want from me? <laughs> but that's the thing though. It's like, I was just running around, like taking over burrows. And that and... would take way longer. Are you sure you're remembering this correctly? Mm-hmm. Cause there's no way that you could get to because level I six found, in two hours. I found that. Well, I played more than two hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's be real here. Okay. I was I like, did, wait a minute. I did play more than two hours of this game. <laughs> okay. Um, but I did the things that I found interesting and right. the missions weren't interesting to me. No. So I did a lot of the sneaking around and collecting the collectibles mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. And you get a lot of experience oh, no. from that. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it did eventually and... get to a point where I ran the mission and I was like, I am so fucking overpowered. <laughs> I'm like, whoops. And, and realistically, even if I would have run the first couple of missions mm-hmm. and still did the collectibles, there always becomes a, ga- a point in those games where I am way overpowered for what I am doing mm-hmm. because I just end up getting so much XP right. so fucking quickly that, okay, broke. And that's it's a, it's a common thing in any game that's like this, though. Is it not? Like, eventually, oh. if oh, no. you have an EXP leveling system... And you put in enough stuff that gives you XP. Oh yeah, that's my go-to. You can break the game pretty quickly. The like, there's a couple of games that stand out to my mind in which that was really hard to do. Not impossible, but mm-hmm. really hard to do. The Witcher Three was one of them because you didn't get experience for just killing monsters. You only got experience by completing quests mm-hmm. or fighting, finding hidden objects, or and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you like. It wasn't impossible mm-hmm. to out-level what you were doing. It just made it more difficult. Okay. And there's other games that kind of follow that same pattern. This one was not one of them. No. <laughs> it made it really easy to out-level what you were doing. And so, yeah. So, I did that. And that could be a part of the reason why I got bored. Because, again, and I do, if there's no challenge. And this was most of these games I played before I got into the the mindset of mm-hmm. I'm going to play this game on the hardest fucking difficulty ever. Yeah. I, I really did. 
I was not very confident in my game playing skills. I didn't want to get frustrated because I was dying continuously and I wasn't getting any better. And so then I would just like rage quit the game. I was afraid of these things. So I never played a game on the hardest difficulty. So this, this was before then. And I think if I would have played it on the hardest difficulty, even though I was kind of out leveling these these missions, mm. I think it would have been a, still a little bit more challenging for me. And I may have maintained some interest. Mm. Because that's the thing. is If, if it stays challenging and I'm interested in the storyline, I'm yours forever. <laughs> like, I really am. God, I've... The Witcher 3, I've mentioned a couple of times throughout various numbers of our podcast. I have played through that game six times. And that, a lot of the times with the same character because... When you do the new game plus mode, which I'm going to call it, because that's the standard calling for it. If I was level 48 when I ended the first game, I go into the next game on the hardest difficulty with those enemies at level 49. When you max out your level, they're maxed out as well. And it still creates a challenge. Even though I have the best gear, mm. I have you know the best loadout, the best skill set, it's still a challenge. When you take that away, I'm, I'm kind of lost. And yeah. with this, I, I just didn't feel that. Like, mm-hmm. you said yourself, game-breaking moveset. <laughs> like, when you have that, why? Why why play? What, um, what compels you to continue forward? Like, well... How was that fun for you? Well, here's the thing. I mean, same thing as microtransactions. Just because I have it doesn't mean I have to use it. Just because I can stand out in the open and go completely invisible doesn't mean I need to play that way. So you didn't play that way? Um... I w- I'll be on- I'll, you know, I'll be honest. There were a couple of times I did because I thought it was really funny. It is. It literally fell down. I literally jumped down into an area being investigated by cops. Uh-huh. I jumped down, went invisible, and just waited for one to come close enough to me to kill. And then I just stayed invisible and I just let them all come over one by one, investigating all the growing pile of dead bodies. <laughs> and again, to me, that's fun. Now, granted, when I'm actually doing a real mission then I'm not going to use it that much. Well, and still yet, even if you did, if Mm -hmm. you find that fun, and there's ways to make it entertaining, then you find it fun. For me, it's funny the first couple of times. Yeah. And then it's like, but I have a real hard problem with even doing a mission, that's an asset. That is an asset in which I can use to Mm -hmm. play and beat this game. It's really hard for me to go, yeah, but it's a game-breaking asset, so I'm not going to use it. I'm going to be like, fuck you, I'm going to use it. (laughs) Fuck you. You put in this asset. It's not cheating. It's utilizing my resources. No. And that's a viable argument, honestly. I mean, you know, and- there's there was a mission where I had to go inside of a building and I was working my way. If I remember, when you're if you move slow enough. No. The second you, you can move like a foot or two. And then it goes invisible. And then you you come I invisible. Thought, I thought you could stay longer. No. Nope. I thought you could move as long as it was a slow pace. No, there was there was literally a point where I was backed up against boxes and my target went to the other side. So I turned around oh. and I came invisible. Oh. Yeah, I okay. moved. I moved three feet. I watched her put three feet down. Well, not like at once, but like one foot, then another, then another <laughs> to get to the other side of the box. <laughs> I feel She's like I need alien people. Yeah. I feel like alien. I need to specify. Uh, yeah, so she moved three feet to the other side of the box, became invisible. Now, granted, I got there, and then she went back invisible. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, there no, was I no slow saying. movement. I thought there was no, but um, no, and that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine to do those things. I just did you beat the game? 
No, I did not. I have not beaten it yet. Oh, so you do plan on beating it, though? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, right. So, Jacob's here. He starts doing stuff. He's looking into soothing syrup, which is this mysterious addictive substance that the Templars are putting out. Again, that more with that mind control stuff. And really, that's kind of it, is that Jacob is following what the Templars are doing and putting out to kind of control the populace while Evie is doing all the research and the investigating and looking for that. Yeah. Sean and Rebecca, they're doing their thing in the real world. You get, you get glimpses of that. They're infiltrating Abstergo and they're fighting off against a couple of, this is when you actually get to Guys. see Sean and Rebecca as kind of bad like kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That part I did. Um, I did like, cause again, I, I may not have gotten this far in the game, but there are certain things that I looked up in, mm-hmm. in, in order to talk about it and stuff like that. And I, I do remember watching like a little, little video on YouTube of these two kicking fucking ass. And I was like, go to them. Yeah. <laughs> because up until this point, like Sean is just a nerd. Yeah. He's, he's, he's your research monkey. Yeah. Yeah. And Rebecca's more the tech side. Yep. And that was that was it. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you feel like the way that in these games, it, of course, drawing parallels, right? Like we were with a lot of uh, the Desmond game. You would come across like Leonardo da Vinci was your tech guy. And yeah. you had this person as your, your researcher and this person who would tell you your missions. And you, you, you kind of had that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what Sean and Rebecca were a part of was that team that helped you with that. And now it's kind of like, well, these are their own people too Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i don't think we see much more of them after this um i don't think so no i don't remember we see him in odyssey vaguely but not like in this capacity which is kind of sad because i thought this was pretty badass yeah it's kind of fun having i mean like they're they're still assassins yeah they're holdovers from the original one yeah um well they're the only ones yeah like that's true like william even kind of disappears well well, we have the spirit of desmond with us always always (laughs) always he's in the air so um so yeah um where where did we leave off on the plot oh that's right so syrup no no yeah Yeah. so one of the things i like about this game is that there's a bad woman in it and it is ripe for Hmm. fighting with evie right now you have now you can have two women fighting and was it in mud no, thank God. They did it so tastefully. They did it so tastefully. I'm so happy that they didn't go for the lowest common denominator. There you go. You know, I mean, there's like not even water. They're in a bell tower, basically. I mean, like that's where they're, that's, mm. that's where the, the, one of their fights takes place. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, cause you know, her name is Thorn, and she's doing her thing of like, you don't understand the true power and the shroud can do so much good stuff. And Evie's like, it's too powerful for any one person and nobody should use it. Standard so, Templar versus assassin kind of point of view. Yeah. yeah. And so they, and you know, they end up having it out. Um, and the first time they have it out, Thorn escapes. And then eventually you catch back, you catch back up to her and they have it out and you end up killing her. So green is, is like, Oh, the vault is underneath Buckingham palace because that's the first place I would think it was. If you're going to put a vault, put it under, you know, one of the most important buildings in the land. <laughs> <laughs> so technically the vault was built before the most important pieces of property in the land so technically they put the piece of property on top of the vault okay i guess that's true just like they put the map on the back of the declaration of independence yes okay <laughs> <laughs> um so they have it out right jacob is going after steric you know it comes to a head because steric 
now that you know all of his lieutenants are dead, right? You've taken over the land. You've killed Thorn, and we're getting to the the climax of the story. He goes and gets the shroud personally. I thought you said we were going to the the Tower of London, or no? Sorry, Buckingham Palace. Oh, I just said it was under Buckingham Palace. Oh, and and yeah. so who who's going for it? I'm sorry, I'm lost. Okay, so <clears throat> you have Evie and Thorn fighting the Tower of London. Thorn dies. Thorn dies. She's after explaining you have no idea the power of this fucking artifact, right? Because right. for some reason, yes. <laughs> Green then says. It's, it's under Buckingham under Palace. Under Buckingham Palace, right? So they then get schematics to the building. Okay. And the Templars, they, I guess, they get them first. Okay. And that's pretty much where I was done, like where I was at before Marvel okay. came out. Yeah. So the well, rest... from everything that I've read, yeah. you're pretty close to the end. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, it's... I'm not expecting... I. One of these days when I have a free weekend, I think I can finish it. <laughs> I mean, if I don't get sidetracked, because this is me. And, and honestly, I think you'd finish it probably in a couple of hours if you just play through missions. Yeah, but I can't do that. I, I have know. to. I, I have to explore. There You're are like me. There are areas that are not mine yet. Bastards. Um, there are yeah. There are things that I have to pay for still. Um. So yeah. So I mean, from from here on out, right? And I mean, now this is. I don't want to know exactly what's going on. Like I said, I know that Steric goes for the Shroud himself. Yeah. Because that's pretty much the only option at this point. I'm not clairvoyant, but I know how games work. <laughs> this is the bad guy. Every bad guy is the guy who we, goes to get the thing. We can generalize, but <laughs> right? we, we don't, for so, once, we don't need to give away the plot twist yeah. in here or the main, the main thing so that you can finish yeah. it correctly. And I was going to say, and in all honesty, this it, is for me, not for you, not for anybody else. Yeah. It, and it, in all fairness, I have no interest in playing this game still. So, <laughs> so well, and a part of that's because I've gone on to the next one. I've played Origins. I've played Odyssey. Yeah. I liked both of those. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I have really no interest in going back and playing this one. Um, that's okay. I'll finish it and tell you about it. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> and and that's fine. That's perfectly mm -hmm. fine. But we, we can generalize, right? Right. Bad guy loses. Good guy wins. Real world. Team knows where the shroud is. Hide shroud from Templars. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Probably. And there's cake. And, that, and that's it. For me, the the big point of these games, and this one in particular, was the mechanics. Mm -hmm. and, and as we discussed, the mechanics weren't that great. Yeah. Um, and in certain aspects, uh, I, I feel that your building of your street game, those mechanics were actually pretty solid. Way better than Brotherhood. But beyond that, like, carriage mechanics weren't that great. No. Fighting was amazing. You did have... Fighting was pretty fun. Um, new tech, which, even though it did pull me out because of the realism factor, right. I did feel like... This was more cliche steampunk London than real world steampunk London. Yeah, there definitely was a a more liberal take on yeah. what was the tech that was available to them back then. Yeah, and 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 like that's part of what again, that's what part of what pulls me out of these games, right? And what is so funny? I just don't understand how Alexander Graham Bell knew how to make little electric bombs. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> Science. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Magic. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, and stuff like this kills like, me again. Though that's a fair point because I, in a game like this, that is, it's based. It is based off of real world history. 
come on guys mm-hmm. like this is this is your bread and butter this is what at this point you have oh my god a slew of games under your belt and i mean way more than the ones that we have talked about because we didn't discuss rogue we didn't discuss right. liberation yeah. but like we didn't discuss pirates we didn't discuss discovery or chronicles or bloodlines mm-hmm. we didn't go over Oh, I'm sorry. Altair's Chronicles and China Chronicles, all which have been released before this game. By this point, literally, they they should know how this works. And yeah. they do. And they stepped away from it for their own little purposes, which is fine. Like, it made for a pseudo fun game. I, again, for me, like I said, I think you said it. The best description of it is it was my rebound. Yeah. And it was a good rebound. For the five minutes you played it. For the, you know, five minutes I played it. <laughs> um, but, but and, and, and like, I would recommend it. Like, oh, yeah. if, if you're going through, if you want to know the whole overarching story of what is going on, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it added a whole lot no. to the meta right. I was, side yeah. of things. But it does add a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, um, right? I would say if you, you know... I, Google it. it. Yeah, like... If you have some free time, pick it up and play it. You you may not hate it, you may not love it, but yeah, I mean there's there's definitely worse games you could play. It didn't do anything really new or groundbreaking, but it it was still for me it was fun. Yeah. You know, I understand somebody who may not have had as much fun or stayed as invested, but for me it was just good old fashioned running around stabbing people, and I will fully admit it took me till now to realize what my problem has been this whole time. What's that? The thing I loved most about Assassin's Creed One were those targeted, specific area assassinations, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, we haven't discussed this in a while. You have brought those up, yes. and I never felt like the series brought it back because I realized what happened. They started implementing it everywhere. In this one, it's go here and kill this Templar. Go to this factory and kill this foreman. Go to this Templar hideout and kill this Templar. Yeah. Everything is go and kill this person. So they're there, but they're not as focused. Fun because there's so many. It's, I, it's I, quantity over quality. I, I disagree. I think in some of the games, the quality is there for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's how much you put into it to how much you take out of it, right? And this is a good case in point. You put very little into Unity, one, because you couldn't. Because I couldn't. <laughs> um, and you got very little out of it. Mm-hmm. I put very little into Syndicate, not because I couldn't, but because I chose to. And yeah. I got very little out of it. You put more into Syndicate, you put you get more out of it. If you put more into those assassinations, you have a couple more in the game guarantee it Mm. with the exception of the major big fight which we know happens and unfortunately that one even in one the major big fight is is not not an assassination assassination. yeah so the remaining the remaining assassinations you have put as much effort into it as you did in the first one well and and tell me here's the thing i did right i spent 30 minutes going into a factory and slowly working my way down, stealthfully killing everybody, never being seen. Yeah. And then I immediately went and did it in the next area. That's what my problem is. Because in the first one, that that painstaking, time-consuming process only happens the one time. Unless you're out in the open world and you're running around stabbing people. 
right? But it doesn't. No, but it does. How? Because you immediately go back. They tell you, hey, go here and do it all over again. Yeah, but not not in this instance where I'm in a I'm in an area that has three. I'm in a borough that has three areas, and yeah. in every area there is a, a boss. There, well, not just a boss, but there's. This is a bounty hunting mission where you have to capture a guy and take him to the cops. This yeah. is this is a Templar mission where you have to sneak in and kill a Templar. Yeah. This is a child labor mission where you have to go in there and kill the foreman. And that is there's some, sometimes multiples of those missions in each area and yeah. then there's more of those I, in each I, borough, right? I think I get what you're when saying. When you do it yeah. 50 times in a game, it stops being fun. In yeah. the first one, you only did it seven eight, seven times something like that yeah. yeah you know and like i said that is that this is the game and i've been waiting so long because i've been waiting so long to say this because i finally figured it out and yes i take it back they do have this in all the other missions i just feel like because there's so many it's not as meaningful that's all and to that i will give you mm-hmm. you're right when you start doing that quantity mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no matter what it is, when mm-hmm. you do that quantity, quality is lost. Yeah. Because you're right. In the first game, it's one assassin uh, assassination per town. Mm-hmm. Right? Per, per little village. Per area. Because there's like three in the... There's three in the first town? Three yeah. Three in the second town and two in the some, last one? Something, something like that. Like yeah. That. But it's still, but yeah. it's you kill one, you go back, you go back, you do all the information gathering, you do all these little side quests, and then you have the one assassination. Yep. And then you leave and yep. then you come back and you do all these little side quests and you do gather all the information. And then there's the one assassination. Mm-hmm. And as the games have progressed, it is more and 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 more. Yeah. And sometimes multiple assassinations in the same damn building. Oh yeah. And I, I get what you're saying with that to me though, personally, that doesn't take away the fun of it. Mm-hmm. I like stabbing people in the head. <laughs> Both in and out of games. Oh my wink, God. wink. No, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, it just got awkwardly silent. But I'm just saying, like, to me, that doesn't take away the fun of it. That joke didn't land. No, and I understand. And again, right? This is respectful disagreeing. I was literally trying to think of a way I could have a comeback that was an assassination joke about landing. Like, I thought that would have been funny, but I can't. So, no, and... Right, it's respectful disagreeing that I understand yeah. for you that that makes sense, and for me, I get something different out of it. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Video games are art. Yeah, and we're going to interpret and get our own stuff out of it. And, and in every all realism, this is a beautiful video game that gave you a, a, a decent world with a decent storyline. In my opinion, it's decent. It it just it plays a little bit too much to the stereotypical side. It plays a little bit too much to the repetitiveness. It, it pulled me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, right, I, I feel like we've covered everything. We've talked about everything. Unity, not the greatest of games. Yep, it is stay. actually literally the worst Assassin's Creed game ever made yep. in my mind. I would, like, it is the worst. I would play Revelations over Unity 20 times. Oh, God, hundreds At of least. times. <laughs> One, because you could finish Revelations. <laughs> well, after 20 times of Revelations, I might want to just kill myself. Assassin. Yes. No. Um, and then Syndicate. What would you say? Give it a go. Give it a nod. Either way, doesn't matter. Honestly, to me, because this is kind of middle of the road, I would say play it if you like this kind of stuff. But if you skip it, you're probably not missing much. You know, I you, would agree. You'll have some fun because I didn't miss anything. Yeah, you'll have some fun, but 
you know, yeah. it's not going to change your life either. Yeah. You know, I mean, if and, then, and this was a tough choice for me because yeah. I, I, I am really dedicated to our podcast and being able to provide good information. And this one, I was literally like, we had the conversation. Hey, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out. Let's do the entire Assassin's Creed chain. And then we looked at it and was like, okay, maybe not all of them. Yeah, let's do just the console ones. Yeah, or the primary console <laughs> The primary ones. console ones. Yeah. Yeah, that was the regression of the conversation even more. Really? And um, as we got closer to this point, I kind of looked at it and I was like, I have it. I own it digitally. It was, I think it was one of the free ones that I got through the Plus network, right? Mm-hmm. Do I want to install this and try it again? And I like even to this day, I just kind of look at it and I'm like, I can't. Yeah, it's like that. You're scrolling through Facebook and you see that ex girlfriend that you had that you're just kind of like, oh, she wasn't bad to talk to, but she wasn't the greatest either. <laughs> I don't want to friend that. That's kind of how it was for me. I mm-hmm. looked at this and I was like, ah. I don't need this in my life. I don't. But, and, but but I don't hate it. But at the same time, I was kind of like, but the podcast, like, you can do it for the podcast. And then I went, no, I can't. Yeah, I can't. No, I'm I'm sorry, I can't. I'm I'm out. Fuck this. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Like I just I <laughs> like I I kind of went. You know what? I played Unity. Chris couldn't play it. Chris played Ooh. Syndicate. I couldn't do it. For very different reasons of can't, um, but still and, fair. Yeah, and we'll leave it at that. Um, so with that, like I, I feel like we've wrapped up everything. Yeah. You know? So I, yeah, I'd so, say thanks for listening, and I, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope this gave you some good insight to to these these games. You know, there. If you can't tell, there was a reason why we combined these two into one session. But um, with that, I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And until next time, game, game on. on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from no tokens required.